Hi friends and welcome to Nourishing the Essential. Lucy here and I'm so excited to share with you my friend Megan Kempe. She is a nurse practitioner. She's also a longtime friend of mine. I think we've known each other since like the sixth grade. So I'm super excited to be able to have conversations with her with someone that I've just known for so long and have such a deep relationship with that I can bring you um, some comfort and some encouragement in your time of parenting through grief. She is a nurse practitioner, like I said, and she is currently a stay-at-home mom for her two beautiful children who are four and seven. She and her husband, Chad, are also volunteers with Hub of Hope Northwest Arkansas, and they do counseling sessions for those in need through that organization. I just hope that you're encouraged as you listen to this and that you have some great takeaways and advice on how to go through a time of grieving in your family and um, get through that in yourself and with your children. Be encouraged. So we're going to talk first about parenting through grief. So Megan and I have both lost a ridiculous amount of people in the last two years, as so many people have. And when you are going through that, just as a parent, you have your own emotions. And then you have these tinies, which you might hear in the background. So (laughs) it's a beautiful day outside, so they're enjoying. But yeah, when you um, have your own emotions and then you have your kids going through grief, I mean, what does that look like for you? Obviously, like you have your faith perspective and then a medical perspective. Absolutely. So tell me your process as you've been going through this with your kids. So a lot of times with my own kids, I take off that medical hat um, inadvertently. I don't want to. I want to be calm and have all of that rational thought. But um, when we lost my father-in-law last year, Um, it was due to COVID. So there was a lot around that. Um, There was a lot of my own grief, my own feelings of guilt, my own feelings of fear, frustration. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing I had to do was process through my own grief. Um, The best way I found to do that was to reach out to friends who've experienced similar situations um, and then to journal. Because what my mind, both medically and personally, you can find research to back this up, your mind will replay events based on what your comfort level is. So Mm. my mind um, found a lot of comfort in taking the responsibility for my father-in-law's death. So my mind would replay events according to um, my own shame and my own guilt. Mm. So I relived what happened... um, in a way that wasn't truth. So I wrote down my perspective of the story and then compared it to my husband's perspective of the story. Um, And so that was a way that was um, a free therapy for us. Because then he could say, no, that's not what happened. And I could read his story and go, wait, 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 that's not what I remember happening. So between the two of us, we were able to kind of find an actual truth. And then we had to process through our own spirituality with that. Mm. A lot of frustration, a lot of anger towards God, a lot of um, why did this happen in this sequence? My husband had just restored relationship with his dad, and then he passed eight months later. So there was a lot of... um, (laughs) Sorry about that. You're fine. And there's that. Um, And so, you know, that is kind of like our 
personal story with just that bit of it. So, so all that to say, I feel like you have to work through your like your right. parent grief first. Um, and that sometimes has to be expedited because depending on the age of your children and their knowledge and understanding, yes. um, you may not be able to, you have to get like a basis and an understanding of what you're going through, but you may not be able to process through it continually, which grief is not linear. You know, I right. feel like it's very cyclical. Um, there's different ways to view it. I view it as like a tornado um, <laughs> that is kind of, it's still spinning and you're still going through all of the right. steps, but you're kind of making your way down a path. Right. Um, sometimes it lifts up and there's no destruction. Sometimes it takes five mile wide radius and everything in this path is just destroyed. Um, so giving yourself a lot of grace in this process, a lot of this is a messy process. It's not perfected. It will never be perfected. Right. Um, so I, I digress um, because no, I'm very passionate about yeah. people giving themselves grace yeah. um, because it's not something that is really embraced in our culture. I feel like it's yes. talked about, but it's not because I feel like people have to deal with their own understandings um, and that's hard and that's scary and they can be deep rooted and it can be um, years and years and years yes. of stuff that comes up in the middle of grief. Um, go ahead. And I think, um, too, like we, you and I had talked a lot, like mm -hmm. during this process, mm -hmm. because as you were losing in laws, and then I lost my mother in law this year, and then, you know, cousins, and oh my gosh, it's it's been crazy. So, yes. you and I have been talking a lot, and I like that analogy of the tornado because, gosh, it is like that. And it yes. will just deplete everything around mm -hmm. you for a season. And in our culture, it's like not okay. It's not acceptable. No, not acceptable. And I, I will also say, um, uh, when I talked to um, uh, Harry Walls on my podcast about the church and the church's perspective of things, like we, you and I, we go to church mm -hmm. and we have a lot of people around us in the church. And one, the church is not God. We are all human. Absolutely. But the church is there to lift us up. So Absolutely. Everybody in that place has their own perspective 100 percent. and so yeah. it's not that anybody's not meaning to support you but a lot of times we go in feeling as though we need to put on this mask like absolutely hey i'm totally fine yep and i remember uh i sang at my dad's funeral what in this world i <laughs> who was that yeah that i why and, and i went home and i slept i yep. smiled through the whole thing i didn't yep. shed a single tear and then seven, eight years later, when my father-in-law passed away, I lost it. Yeah, yeah. Lost yeah. it. And it's like, um, you have to process that. Absolutely. And if you don't, then that is a big ramification that falls out later. Absolutely. And like you said, it's not linear. No. It's not. And so I, um, if you haven't heard of Susan David, um, she is a psychologist and an internationally recognized speaker. She wrote the book called Emotional Agility. Ooh, that sounds cool. And um, I go back to that often um, because it really helps me think, hey, I have to realize what this emotion is before I can process it. Yes. And I can't just slap a Band-Aid on it and right. go on my day. Right. And um, her TED Talk, which I'll link in this podcast, um, she talks about her uh, parents' death and how she just said, I'm fine, I'm fine, mm -hmm. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe we need to do a better job of, of saying in our culture, like, please just let yourself fall apart 
and yes. then we'll be there yes. to pick you up. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if people were allowed to fall apart, if we were, I mean, given more than three days bereavement, given an right. opportunity to just be a wreck, mm-hmm. then it would help other people come alongside us. Because yes. what I feel like happens is when you have death, you have everybody who's supposed to support you. Everybody, like... What, however, this mm-hmm. is truly supposed to work, which I haven't figured that out yet, or even my role in how to help other people, you end up with being triggered. Yes. So, you know, yeah. when my father-in-law died, I could not, I could not, I hadn't dealt with the fact that I had patients pass away. Mm. And being a healthcare provider in that part, and and feeling like what I had done to be a part of end-of-life care with those patients, I was also doing for my father-in-law. And so all of that is triggered. And right. it was triggered up until, oh gosh, I think at church um, somebody had a seizure and I couldn't keep it together. And and it's just, you know, there's just all these things that just keep coming up. So I feel like if you allow space to fall apart, as often as somebody needs to fall right. apart, they are going to be healthier to come alongside somebody in the future. And that might be right. what you're saying, and I might have just restated no, all that's, of that. No, that's it. And that's that's the thing too is like, our kids also need to know it is okay if mama cries. Yes. It is okay. Yes. And they need to know what in the world to do if mama cries. Yes. Because they need to know when they're an adult and when they're a teenager, it's all right to cry. Yes. But then you don't stay in that. No. Correct. And then if they don't see us go through like, um, boy, I'm mad. Boy, I'm sad. Yes. Okay, like, I feel like I just need a TV day. Yes. If they don't see that, then what are they going to do? They're going to hide it. Yeah. And then it becomes this life of secrets of denying themselves who they really are and living a path for someone else. Right. And that's my unprofessional opinion. I'm sure my professional opinion would have some kind of research to back that up, but that is just kind of what I feel like I've seen in clinic, uh, what I've seen um, culturally, what we've seen with travel, what we, you know, just different Mm. elements of that. So, so how do you, um, like with me, whenever I would, you know, cry during these seasons, yeah. and, you know, cause their nanny just passed away and my mother-in-law, mother-in-law and I were very close Yes, and I'm so thankful for that relationship Absolutely. because not a lot of people get to say, oh my gosh, my mother-in-law is like such right. a sweet friend of yes. mine. <laughs> yes. But you know, they see me cry Yeah, and <clears throat> it was different, um, culturally for them because my husband's family does um, open casket um, Mm -hmm. viewing okay and my family cremates okay okay so let's talk about that a little bit absolutely how can we prepare our kids and what is healthy how do I give them like the space to process absolutely Molly my oldest will she's like "Mm -mm, I don't want to see nanny and I'm like that is fine absolutely do not have to absolutely I think tiny one did because she didn't get it. You know what I mean? And I think that's just based off of developmental ages of grief understanding. Sure. And there's tons of resources online um, and that you could, you could even Google, you know, developmental stages of grief or or, or death and understanding, um, you know? And so for my four year old, he still thinks everybody's coming back. Like it's, there's no concrete understanding. So, um, 
so we just we have tons of open conversation right um it's based off our belief system sure and being a christian we believe that your body stays here your soul goes to heaven um past that we really didn't get into all of those things yeah um you know but we had we gave them the option with my grandmother passing away last week we had a funeral on on friday and so we talked about it we said hey this is what is going on this is what our family does um this is what grandma c wanted Mm -hmm. and we talked about her wishes and respecting that and then i segued that into and these this is your opportunity to have your wishes answered and heard and i was kind of a bulldog too about um just I don't feel like I was unkind. Bulldog's not the right word. I was pretty adamant that my kids were going to make the decision. Yes. I didn't get a lot of family pressure to do it a certain way. That's um, good. But it was, I had a lot of support from my parents to say, if you want them to see it, great, we'll walk up there with you. You guys can do it alone and those right. types of things. So, um, so Callan just came up and he was like, why won't she get up? Why is she right. in that weird bed? And, right. you know, we talked about this is what a casket is. This is what we're going to do and where we're going to go and all this kind of stuff. And for Kate, um, she's very uncomfortable. She sure. wanted to see, but she did not want to stay in the room yes. with I during the visitation. Yeah. So we had a cousin who had said previously there were 18 great grandkids. And so she oh, said, I will <laughs> gladly hang out with them out here. Some of them weren't able to be there. Some... Um, their parents had called babysitters to come pick him sure. up in the process. And I feel like, you know, we just realized, and my aunts said this a lot, there's no right way to do this. Right. Yeah, there's and so, not. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it but does. Like, it's just realizing that it's based off of what you as your family unit want to do. Right. Um, and then having conversation with who's in that unit. If that right. unit includes a grandmother, have that conversation beforehand with a grandmother. Yeah. If it inclu- if it doesn't and it's just mom, dad, and kids, then have that conversation ahead of time. We right. have um, when my husband was in ministry, there was a there was a conversation or there was a tagline that was said a lot, communicate early and often. I like that. And we've just kind of tried to embrace that. We don't mm-hmm. do it well, um, but we, we're we trying to, you know. That's a good goal, though. <laughs> I, I really like that because it's so important. And like you said, being adamant to have those conversations and say, like, okay, this is what's going to be right for this child, and this is what's going to be right for this child. Yes. And it's going to look different. And our situation was similar. We had... Um, cousins that the girls just adore and mm-hmm. aunties and uncles and they colored in the room yes. with them and it was so good and it was just a, a time of laughter and talking good. and telling good. stories and that's the thing is if you can if you can inspire your other family members to find a way to help you absolutely I think that goes back to like how we help each other mm-hmm. is like okay if you can express, like, this is what my child needs, right. your community can come around you. Absolutely. And that is one of those um, tricky things that I found with my, and this I felt like varied with each death. With my father-in-law's yes. death, I struggled with, this is what I need, this is what my kids need. So I felt like the grief cycle after he passed was very messy, much more tornadic because, um I reached out to Sarah Paul at um, Curricula Concepts, and she—that's a great resource Facebook page. Awesome, and I feel like they have such um, good—they have such good resources and care for a 
like a diverse population. So much. It's not for one specific group of people. Right. I love that. Um, and so she linked me with Sesame Street because they have lots of fun resources. And I don't know how people feel about mainstream media and what like what experts are out there, but I feel like you can find your own. Yes. Um, yeah. Information that, is at your hands. Absolutely. You just have to know where to go. And absolutely. They are so good at like here is where to go for yes. you. Yes. And that's what helped me a ton because she knew that I didn't have any issue with Sesame Street. You right. know? Um but for parents that do find out they would be able to help you kind of tailor right. that. Right. Um or make it non branded. And just say, here's right. some things that um, that you can do. And so we we made chains like um, those where you link. Mm-hmm. People use them to like count down days, but yes. we made them of like things we loved oh, about okay. my father-in-law, and that got to hang for a while. And then you know, with a four-year-old boy, that got destroyed pretty quickly. But that's okay because everybody, okay. it was almost part of like part of we the can move there. on. Yes. yes. Um, and things like what we talk about, Grandpa. What was your mm-hmm. favorite thing? And um, what like just having conversation about him helped them grieve. Yes. Um, Kate had so she's now seven. She had some delayed grief. Um, so hard. And some outburst of chronic stomach aches and um, just some just some fits, and that's not her personality. Right. Um, so we then sought counseling. And so, um, just grief counseling, which has just been super beneficial. And then, um, we go sometimes and we found somebody that our insurance worked with and that was beneficial too, because, um, mental health is something that is not always readily available, which right. also, and I know we will discuss that at another time. Um, but yeah, you and I are passionate about that too. It's important. Tell me when you, so when you sought out a grief counselor, yes. Tell me what your main priorities were and how, like, were you able to set the timeline for your kid and say like, we only want to come this time. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and one of my big things, and Lucy, you know this about me is I feel like every parent is an advocate. Yes. And, um, and everything is a, team mm-hmm. um I feel like with COVID things have gotten a little muddled sure. um with kind of like and, and also I love structure so this is kind of it's the juxtaposition of being Megan like I love fluidity and rules like it's <laughs> just so that was know. what makes you you and I love it <laughs> so we bumped into a lot of walls not because anybody gave us pushback specifically just because the nature of being in a system sure um and so reached out to a friend and I said and she's a counselor for adults and I said um, hey, this is where I'm at, mm-hmm. and this is what's going on. This is my professional opinion from, from diagnosing my own child, which just don't ever do. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and she said, here's a list of resources. That's great. And I asked the question mm-hmm. that I hate answering as a healthcare provider, who would you choose for your kids? Because <laughs> I'm like, they're all great. Like, truly, they're all great. It depends right. on so many factors. So she gave me that answer back, and she said, they're all great call each of them and and just tell them what you need. So, that's um, so good. So I called um the first one and she said um, and I said I need after school availability. I want to come every other week because I knew we would have to pay out of pocket some. Yeah. Because, oh, sorry. I called my insurance first. Right. And, okay. gave, and looked through the list of people and found which ones were covered and not covered. Right. So I'm sorry. I missed that step. Um, and then I just said, this is, this is what happened. This is where I'm at as the mother. Sure. I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I am about to make a really big career move. Yeah. I um, have grief and guilt and shame. And so I, I over-communicate 
Um, and I'm, that's something that I'm working on personally to kind of tailor how I want my life to go. Sure. Um, but in this situation, it really was a benefit because I just laid everything out there and, um, and she said, okay, this is the times, these are the times that I have and none of those worked. And I said, put me on a list because I liked my conversation with her. I had that right. good, that feeling. we felt connected. Yes. Um, and I said, I can work with you. And that right. is something that I really, I want people to understand is your healthcare providers, Doctors, nurses, counselors, OTPT, it's a team. Yes. Um, they have more knowledge in a certain area. You have more knowledge about your child. And yeah. so you bring it together and you mesh and you meld that um, to create the best environment for the whole family. Right. Um, so then she called me back about two weeks later and said, hey, I've got a 3.30 on Mondays. Can you be there? Absolutely, I can be there. Fantastic. So we did that for a while. Things got better, and I told, I just was constantly, she said, constantly tell me, give me feedback. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, things are really going well. I feel like um, it, we had made it through the holidays. So this started late last summer. We had made it through the holidays, and I thought, you know, let's, let's see. And then we made it about six weeks and stomach started hurting again, mm. not being able to pay attention in class. Um, and so we started back and we go about once a month now. And that That's seems, great. so it's what I prefer is for everything to come in a package deal. This is, this is why I'm, I like prescribing this. Here's your 10 days worth of antibiotics, even though I don't love it at the same time. Right. You know, here's your 10 days worth of antibiotics. On day seven, you're going to start feeling better. Please continue the last three days. Right. But with mental health, it's, it's just not going to happen. It's not. Even with medicine, it's not yeah, going to happen. You can you know? say, here's our goal. Absolutely. And then let's touch base. Absolutely. Which is why all of us need to desire that, like, you know, for our mental health and everything. But we don't like it because there is no definite answer. There's none. There's none. And there's, there's research, sure, for this is, like, the broad perspective of how this potentially could sure. go. But there's a lot of like, there's nothing concrete and that is, no. it's hard as humans because yes. we crave desire for things to end. We can check them off our list. It's, it's one of those things that it helps us feel like we're moving forward in life. Right. And, and no matter, this also is a Megan perspective on this as well. I feel like most people like to accomplish things yes. and when we're hung, when we're hanging in the balance and we feel just kind of like hung out there for everybody to see, like it just... It just feels messy and not complete. Well, and I think we can wrap this part of our conversation by saying that is the thing about grief is mm -hmm. because that is the the death of a human body. Mm -hmm. The earth body, as we call it, as yes. our family, is it's a concrete thing that you're having to deal with. But there's yes. all these other emotional factors. Absolutely. And external things and internal things that make it messy okay so Absolutely. having these resources like you said i mean that's why we don't feel like we're moving forward in grief and you right. have that tornado so having these things in place like hey grief counseling is available to you here's how you know mm -hmm. you know like you said with your daughter and then having those conversations finding those resources and Absolutely. i will put a link for um curricular concepts in there so that people can find that because they're just incredible absolutely um but yeah, grief is hard and tricky. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. thankful that we've had friendship, a close Absolutely. friendship through this. Because you need someone who's going through it with you. So I would just encourage our listeners that if you are going through grief and if you have kids, you know, around you, A, take care of yourself, B, 
your kids need to see you process it. Mm -hmm. It's super Mm -hmm. important. And I'm going to put all the links up about everything that we've been talking about today and just be encouraged. You are essential.